this out. Well, good afternoon. Actually, it's late afternoon, early evening here on Sunday, uh, July 17th. And uh, Pastor Paul's with me. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening, Steve. And uh, here we are. We're doing the uh, Foundations podcast. Now I'm going to do a little preamble. We've been, it's, uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a podcast. That's because I caught COVID. And uh, basically, I've been working through that, and now I'm negative. Uh, on the COVID, and we're back at it. Very anxious uh, to uh, to get going here because today, tonight's um, subject matter is going to be quite uh, right in your face, to be honest with you. Because the uh, title on this particular podcast that we're using is uh, deals with um, the basically sexual sin. And uh, I call it the church's dirty little secret. And somebody said, well, whoa, dude. You know, and, I, and I said, well, the thing here is this, is that what we, what we see in the church today, we live in a society that is, I'm, for the better lack of words, is wicked. <laughs> I mean, the things that are going on in our country today and in our world and, uh, and that are being permissible. Now, these are sinners that are doing this. But the, but the thing here is, is that we have a church today, Pastor, that is, um, they're embarrassed. I don't know if it's embarrassment. I don't know what it is. But they turn a blind eye to what actually is going on. And when, it, when the Bible says what it says and talks about sexual sin in the manner that it does, and like we were talking a little earlier, there is no gray area here. No, there's not. God, when God, when God says it, that's it. And the the thing is, is that we have too many preachers trying to him and haw and, and talk around that, and they don't even deal with subject matter like this. And um, so, what we what we want to do today is we're going to go in. We are going to talk about sexual sin. Um, we're not going to be graphic. That's not the purpose of this. But the thing is, is we're going to talk about sexual sin, what it is. And, um, and as it relates to the church itself, we have a whole generation. I would think a generation, maybe even a generation and a half of, of Christians or so-called Christians, whatever, that are, they say that they're Christians, yet they see no problem with engaging in extra or extramarital or sex when they're not married, one way or another. They don't see any problem with it. I have girl, I have girls, I know a couple of, of girls that are on Facebook that I, I am aware of and that you see their posts there, and they're so proud that they just gave birth to a baby that because but they had no they said, well, are you gonna get married to this guy? Well, no. They, they didn't feel that it was necessary, yet they go to church every Sunday or, what, or whenever they can, and they press, well, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord Jesus and all that, yet they are engaging in promiscuous sex, having children, and they don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, and that is, that is a shame right there. And, uh, you know, I, when, when I was a much younger man pastoring uh, a smaller church there in Blanco, Texas. And uh, and by the way, you, this would have been in the 80s. And uh, and we've always endeavored to preach the whole counsel of God, so that means that we're going to deal with all those subject matters because when you go through the Word, you know, in a, in a hermeneutic way, yeah. doing things, you're going to touch on things. Sure. Well, anyway, I had a gentleman in the church, him and who I thought was his wife. You know, we don't check people's marriage licenses when they come in. No. 
and uh, and so he they had two children together. They were theirs, and after service, uh, and I believe it was on a Sunday morning, he uh, he came up to me and he said, uh, Pastor, I need to talk to you. And I said, Okay. He said, um, he called her name and he said, uh, She's not my wife. We've been together for seven years. We've been kind of living that way, but yeah. we're not married. Those are our two children, and and you can tell the Holy Spirit got a hold of him. Oh yeah, you know because when you're when you're dealing with the Word of God, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Sure, I had no ideal, and uh, and he said, "What should I do?" I said, "It's real simple. You either get married to her, or you get out of that situation." She he said she don't want to get married. Then you get out of that situation. Yes. What about my kids? That is the consequences of sin. Yes. I'm not Absolutely. telling you to abandon your children. Mm-hmm. I am telling you, you cannot continue to be in a sexual relationship with her and be right with God. Well, and he said, well, maybe I need to pray about it. And so what I did is I went over to 1 Corinthians 6, and sure. we started dealing with some of those things that Paul dealt with yeah. over there. And I said, there's nothing to pray about. I said, look, talk to her. Ask her if she tell her what I, I said. And then you, and I'll even talk to her myself. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want me to, in, in the end result of that, they got married. And so okay. that had a happy ending. But what I'm saying is in the environment today, how many people sit in our church pews living in open sexual sin? Mm-hmm. And because the pastor is too weak or greedy to preach God's truth. Yeah. And people feel comfortable living in open sin. That that is a shame, and I don't yeah, give, I don't give pastors a pass on this. No, if you don't, if you have not had your mind made up about what you believe is right and wrong around sexual sin, mm-hmm. then resign your church and and quit pastoring. Yes, God's see, word is very clear on this. It would be like somebody having a should I murder people or not? Yeah, is it right or is it wrong or is, maybe if I'm mad I can do it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of garbage are we talking about here? Yeah, this is this is this is. Horrible. Yeah, so you don't give him a pass, but God doesn't give him a no, pass. No, I don't. And God will not give him a pass because every man that stands behind a pulpit preaching the gospel or the so-called gospel or whatever that they're trying to preach, and they are affecting people's lives, they will answer yes, before they, God. Yes, they will. And you know, we've talked about this passage before there, and I, I think it's Matthew 7, and it's that part about, you know, many will say in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Mm-hmm. Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we, you know, have, you know, in other words, we've been do, doing these miracles in your name. And then he'll say on that day, he said, uh, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. He said, for I never knew you. I never knew you. And, and, and so the issue there is about doing what God said. And, mm-hmm. and of course, he related that to the man that builds his house on a rock and yeah. in the sand. And, and, you know, and that's sad because and what, 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 I, what grieves me okay. is so many believers, and I believe genuine believers, sure, um, are going to churches where there is no adequate testimony of the full counsel of God. Mm-hmm. And the full counsel of God is going to call people to repentance. Yes. It's going to deal with sexual sin. It's going to deal with issues that involve uh, other sins beyond this. I, I, you understand? We're, yeah. It's going to deal with that. And any any reading of the New Testament could see that Paul dealt with this exclusively. I mean, he dealt with the whole, every vice list. And what we mean by a vice list is where he begins to list different manifestations of sins that we could be involved in. Mm-hmm. In other words, in every one of them, he always starts out with sexual sin first. Yes. With no exception. And, and you so, wonder why does he start off with that? Is because so many were getting involved. And I mean, the environment in that, in his day and age, think about this. Yeah, the, the, the Roman and the Greek the and Greek culture, c- yeah. culture was so prevalent with perversion that it was not even, anyway. Uh, but in our churches today, Pastor, what is conviction? Do we see conviction? Well, we're not going to see conviction if we don't preach the word. Okay. So I mean, if we're because, not actually preaching because, this Bible here and what God is saying, we're not going to see conviction. No, we're not going to see conviction because the Holy Spirit's not even there. He's not moving in that place. I'm not saying when I say he's not there, God's everywhere. But what yeah. I'm saying in manifestation, he, he's not there. No. 
I mean, you know, and, and, and I don't, I realize that we can say things that's, that can be very controversial, but, you know, in, in most every mega church that's in this land, not all of them, yeah. but the majority of them, what are they preaching? They are preaching a prosperity gospel. Okay. They're talking about personal fulfillment. They're talking about success. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you imagine with me if Jesus stood up in Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, and said, if any one of you want to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever would lose his life for my sake, the same will, will, will gain it. And what is it uh, a man's advantage if he gains the whole the world, world but loses and his loses soul. his soul? Or what will he give in exchange for his soul? It would You could hear a pin drop in that place. I guarantee Because the yeah. gospel is not preached at Lakewood, uh, Lakewood Church. No. No, and we have many churches today that that they don't preach this type of thing. When we're talking about sexual sin, which we'll get to here shortly, the thing is, is that you the, you got to preach the word. Yes, you got to preach. Now, I, I'm going to start out. I'm going to kind of throw out a little quick action story here. When I was back, I was a teenager, 15 years old. I went to a, a church back in Colorado uh, in the Westminster Assembly of God. They called it the Camp Meeting Church of the Rockies. I loved it. It was really great. Everything, it was just a wonderful. But the pastor, he did not have any trouble preaching the Word of God and telling you like it is. And he told the stories, he says, he said, one time he says, I was preaching, and this was amazing. Anyway, he was, he was preaching up there and he was just preaching the gospel. Everybody was going on. But then he noticed that there was a young couple in the front row over there. He says, they had their hands all over each other. He said, they were all over there and, and going on and everything else like that. And just right out there in front of everybody and all that. He says, you know something? He says, that, that girl thought she was in heaven. He says, I went down from the pulpit and walked up to them and told them that they were in church. You see, you have to have people or preachers that are willing to step out and preach and tell what God is saying in his Bible. And because we don't have preachers like that, we, we have them, what do you talk about, itching ears and, you know, and all this type of thing that we see uh, that's going to be in the last days, heaping on themselves teachers, uh, with doctrines of demons and this type of thing that we, 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 we have uh, talked about several times, is that the true gospel isn't being preached. No. And, you know, and one of the things that we observed in, and when, uh, you know, they're in the book of Acts, and, and we looked at it earlier, and uh, I believe it's around uh, chapter 22 or, mm. or whatever. It's when Paul gives his defense to King Agrippa, and he begins to recount the heavenly vision and the commission he got from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he says, I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. He said, but everywhere, and he began to list where all the places he had, he started from uh, from uh, uh uh, Damascus all the way to everywhere he preached. Yeah. He said, I preached to everyone that they should repent and that they should turn to God okay. and they should do works befitting repentance. That was how Paul described the gospel. And of course, the commission was to open their eyes, to turn them from Satan to God, that they could receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance uh, with uh, the other saints, yes, and uh, and and all what what is that inheritance? I realize there's a knee jerk reaction. People say, "Oh, that's prosperity. That's blessed." No, that's not. That is your salvation, the sealing of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and that you're one of God's people and you're a part of the family of God. And, uh, and and you know, and that was how he defined the gospel. Okay. When I'm preaching on prosperity, when I'm preaching on personal fulfillment, mm -hmm. and I'm preaching on success. These are not themes in the gospel. No, they're not. They're not. You won't find anything from the book of Acts to Revelation that will deal with these subject matters. It's just not there. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a very simple, you repent, you turn to God, and you live for him the way he prescribes in the word. And that's the gospel. And, and, and that is the gospel. And obviously, sexual immorality was a prohibition. Yes. It was a prohibition of the Old Testament. It was a prohibition in the, the New, New Testament. Testament. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, okay. So today we're discussing, and let, let, me, let me make it very clear. On the Foundations podcast, Pastor and I, 
we are going to tell you what the Word of God says. We're not going to fluff it up. We're not. We're going to. We're going to. We're going to tell you what the Bible says and what God says and what He thinks. And the thing here is, is that, um, yeah, that, that that's our goal. That is the thing. It's because we have so many that their foundations are cracked and they have problems with their foundation because they never had preachers that would preach the gospel, would preach the word of God to them and actually tell them what it says and actually make sure they understood in their discipleship what the Word of God says. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out. And now let's get into our subject. Now, Pastor, let's go ahead, I guess, start in 1 Corinthians there and read that passage for us. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, Paul deals with a, um, an issue of sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, uh, here he says, uh, that, that there is immorality, chapter 5, verse 1, among you, uh, that such it's not even exist among the Gentiles, and that is that someone has his father's wife. So this father's son uh, was in a sexual relationship with either his mother or stepmother. Mm-hmm. Now I've heard different opinions about this. To me, I don't see what difference it makes one way or the other. This was sinful. Yes. And uh, he's not married to this woman. This is his father's wife. And, uh, and then he says, you have become arrogant. You have not mourned. Now, here he's talking to the leadership. Mm-hmm. You have not mourned instead so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. And so what's going to happen is he is going to turn him over to Satan yeah. for the destruction of his flesh, flesh that and the hope me. that he will repent. Now, yes. the good news is it would appear that he did okay. by the second letter. But let's just focus on this right now. Sure. Uh, and, and then he he goes on in verse 9 says, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and by the way, Paul spent 18 months here uh, building the church before he moved on. Yeah. The only place he ever stayed any longer was Ephesus. Okay. And uh, anyway, see, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. He said, I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous or swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out in the world. So what does he mean by that? Well, we got to go out to where the world is. What are we doing? Are we affirming it? No, we're preaching repentance. Yes. We're preaching exactly what Paul said. Men should repent, turn to God, do works befitting repentance. Yeah. That's the gospel. Uh, And then he says, but I actually wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother so this is someone you're going to church with, yes. someone who calls himself a Christian. So-called Christian, so-called brother. He said if he is an immoral person, well, this man, young man was immoral. Yeah. Uh, or if uh, if he is covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, don't even eat with such a one. And then he says, for what do I have to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside, God will judge them. And then this is what he does. He quotes out of a Davidical passage, remove the wicked man from among yourselves. Remove them from among yourselves. I mean, there is no ambiguity here. There Mm -hmm. is no gray area. It was dealt with. How many people, Steve, do you think are sitting in pews or chairs in our churches, especially in in, in America, that are living in open sexual sin and they're not hearing anything from the pulpit no they're not hearing anybody from anyone well, that, nobody's nobody's telling them it's wrong yeah i mean what i mean paul and, and, was perplexed that the leadership he was more perplexed the leadership had not done something about this mm-hmm. than he was over what was happening now he knew what to do with that sure his perplexity was that they didn't already do it yeah. In fact, the second letter, he deals with this subject all over again and talks about why he wanted them to deal with this. And, uh, and, and you know, and, and it just amazed him. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, he starts his church. He's there for 18 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they drill the gospel into them. They had daily services. This wasn't like, you know, modern churches no, of today. Yeah, and and so they had daily churches and they had ministry. So you can take 18 months and that's probably like about 10 years somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so now he leaves and, and he, he, you know, he's still in contact. 
Yeah. And he hears this, and you can you imagine how grieved he was? And he was more grieved over they the didn't leaders. Do, and that they didn't do anything about it. They're so, not doing anything. So what does that say about us as leaders in a church? And I'll put myself in this position. Sure. If I allow anyone to come to church here, raise their hands, and worship God, and live in open sin, sexual or otherwise, because he mentioned other things, mm -hmm. and I don't deal with that, God's going to deal with me. Yes. And, you know, we were talking about leadership right here. Trust me, we'll get to the, we'll get to, to the individuals as well. But the thing is, is that God will deal with them and as a, as a leader. You know, frankly, and I'm, I'm just going to make a statement. I don't think any preacher, any pastor, anyone who says that they're a preacher or pastor or what have you, has a right to stand behind a pulpit if they're not going to preach what the Bible says. Exactly. Get out, go find another profession, man. You don't, you are harming the people that you are preaching to. Well, you know, and I realize that I don't want to get on a soapbox here. I've already mentioned Lakewood Church, but one of the problems I have with Joel Osteen is that he is a false teacher. Yeah. And why I say that? Because he doesn't preach the gospel. I've listened to him enough. He doesn't even preach half the gospel. No. He's not a word preacher. He's, he's not that kind of, I mean, you say, well, he's a motivational speaker. The problem is he pastors the largest church in this, uh, in, in in this, this country. country. Yeah. And uh, how many people are sitting in the pews listening to him week after week? How many people watch him on television? And he is their primary source for getting God's word. And, and how deceived could you be to continue to do that? Yeah. And, and what would happen... If your version of God, here you are living in open sin, he's not going to say anything that's going to convict you of that. No. And here you think you're okay with God, and you stand before the judgment of God, and God says, that's it. Yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't know you, and you and you get talk. That is what I believe. You that, know, that's what grieves me. Yeah, I, and I, I think this is where we we get to that uh, passage that said that broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Narrow is the way, or you know, that leads to life, and few there be that find it. But you see, the thing here is, is what we got pre uh, preachers and leadership that won't preach the gospel, that will not preach the word of God and say what God says is right and what God says is wrong. And by the way, God's been pretty clear. And on our topic matter of sexual immorality, it couldn't be more clear. Yes. Now, we ought to make a, a, an observation here, and that is that if you're going to look at a New Testament concept, either Paul writing letters to Gentile churches or, um, you know, or even Jesus in his ministry uh, there's two primary words that are used uh, to describe sexual immorality, and mm -hmm. it's not a it's a broad sense, but it covers a spectrum, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But the word pornos or pornos. pornea, pornea, and that's so where it, we get pornography. Yeah, as and well. that's where we get those words pornography yeah. from, mm -hmm. and uh, and what those what the background of those two Greek words comes from the Greek septuagint. The Greek Greek septuagint was a translation from out of the Hebrew into Greek, mm -hmm. and that was the Bible, the Greek version yes. of the early church. We know that because of their quotations. Okay. And uh, and Jesus, when he stood up to read there in Isaiah 61, he wasn't quoting from the Hebrew text. He was quoting from the Greek text. Yes. And so that's what they consider the Word of God. The word pornos or pornea comes from the Greek of Leviticus 18 okay. and 20. And why that's so important is because Leviticus 18 defines sexual immorality, and we're and we're just going to look at it from a Hebrew standpoint. Mm -hmm. Well, English, yeah, that, yeah. But anyway, and it defines it here as things that involved adultery, what we would think about as fornication. If we're going to make a distinction between adultery, adultery being what married people do with other married people. Yes. Fornication, what a single person would do that's not married. Okay. Uh, you know, having sex with someone they're not married to. Uh, adultery, meaning I go outside the marriage bonds and I have sex with another woman mm -hmm. or if it's a woman with another man. Yeah. And, uh, and then you have the homosexual issue that's dealt with there. You have, uh, you have a bestiality. It's very graphic. 
A man will not have sex with an animal. animal. A woman will not stand before another animal and have sex with it. I mean, it's very graphic. By the way, that's the only place in Scripture where that topic is mentioned. Okay. And uh, and then the issue of incest and pedophilia. Okay. So that basically. So we're, we're, okay, that gives us the spectrum of what we're talking the spectrum about. Of sexual let, let's, let's start at the top: adultery. Now, he, uh, Hebrews, I believe, is thirteen four, says uh, tells us that the marriage bed is undefiled. And let me let me get that up here on my uh, on my thing here when I'm breaking it down here. It says uh, honorable. Let the mar- marriage bed in all in all. <laughs> I'm reading out of a. Um, uh, interlinear, but the the marriage bed is undefiled, but uh, but the sexually immoral, or the, well, actually, in the old the King James used to say that the whoremongers and the yeah. adulterers they shall uh, will God will judge them, and when it talks about that in the marriage bed, the marriage bed is talking the the word there is coite. And um, basically talking about the sexual intercourse in between a man and a woman uh, as they are married in a right. married relationship. Yeah, a married relationship. Now, and it said the, the sexual immoral, which again is your word pornus that we, we brought out for, and then the adulterers, God will judge. Now, what this was talking about in that is that, now, number one, man and a woman who are married, is right before God. Yes. They want to, you know, uh, you know, that's fine. Their relationships are fine. I'm not going to go, we're not going to get graphic here or anything else like that. But I am going to mention this one thing. You go outside, either one of you go outside the uh, the uh, the bonds of marriage to have uh, relations with anybody else, whether it's agreed upon or not agreed upon. And I think you know where I'm getting yeah, there. Yes, I know. Uh, we have swingers and this type of, trash that's going on in this country and um heck you know the thing is the other day i saw and i'm over here we like to go on the cruises right and we go on a carnival because it's a family uh, thing and but and some of these other adult only cruises they have a bunch of them that are out there swinging in the middle of the ocean god looks at that and says god will judge them yes yes he will and uh yeah i mean yeah, you you can't get much clearer than that, and uh, you know, and if, if thinking about the sin of homosexuality, mm-hmm. um, it, it's amazing some of the people that I've seen that try to try to look at some of the Levitical passages and say, well, you know, I mean, he also talked about dietary laws and and this and that, whatever. Yeah. And 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 kind of brush off. This. They brush it off. They unhinge so the old. What test. I what I what I normally do with with people like that is I would say, okay, so you say that God is okay if two men or two women want to have be in a sexual relationship as long as it's monogamous, and they're married. You yeah. know, so you, you say that's okay. And uh, because they'll say, well, Jesus didn't say anything about homosexuality. Uh, all right, I'll play the game just for the sake of argument. You know, sometimes you, you, we've talked about this, and I, I don't know how to say this without saying being con, condescending. Okay. The ignorance of God's word is astounding. It is. And it's not my fault if someone didn't bother to look at original languages in which the Bible was written into. Yeah. It's how is that my fault that you're. You're ignorant. Well, actually, but, you know, ignorance so, is not an excuse. When you stand before God, being ignorant ain't going to be an excuse. We live in a, in a time in history where we have such access to God's Word yes. than in any other time, and yet we have people saying things like that. Well, Jesus didn't talk about homosexuality. So, you know, he was just talking about other things. Mm-hmm. And okay, so I play the game. Okay. All right. I don't get into the word pornea or pornos or anything yeah. of that day. We're not going to, we want to go there because it would be beyond their intelligence to receive it. No. So I'll say things like this. Okay. Is it wrong to have sex with your dog? And you are, and they're like, what, 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 what do you mean? <laughs> You'll freak them out. They're well, like, what? Did, 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 is it wrong? Do you think it's sinful? I mean, did Jesus talk about having sex with animals? 
And of course, we're dealing with an English translation, and generally, we're dealing with something like the NIV, the NLT, or some other whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But 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 anyway, so did, did, did he? Is it okay to do that? What about if I want to have sex with a child? Is it is it sinful? Did Jesus say anything about pedophilia? And they'll and 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 then inevitably they'll say, well, yeah, that's wrong. Really? How so? How, where, are you borrowing from my biblical worldview here? Yeah, amazing. Since the only time the bestiality was ever mentioned was in Leviticus 18. Yeah, but you see, you, well, and the, the thing is, is half the time, mo- well, most of the time, they're going to say, well, Jesus didn't say anything about it as trying to justify yes, their wanna, sin. They want to justify it. And the truth is, Jesus, when he used the word pornea, mm-hmm. or he used the word pornos, everyone in Israel that heard him speak they knew the context of it. It was Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20. They didn't have any confusion about it because those words apply to everything from incest, homosexuality, all different types of sexual sin, bestiality, mm-hmm. pedophilia, well, all of it. So, yes, that, that word pornos, as we're talking about, is the sexually immoral, which yeah. is a, a bevy of all of those flavors yeah. of sexual immorality, from bestiality to homosexuality to adultery to fornication yeah. to pedophilia, all of that. Yeah, and so when we're saying that Jesus didn't talk about it, well, Yes, he did. He did. Now, here's what's interesting, that Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthians, now remember, the Corinthians weren't Jewish. So we're talking about a Gentile city in Mm -hmm. the Roman Empire. And when he writes to them, after dealing with this guy with his mother's wife, he gets into the, the sixth chapter. He says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. He uses the word uh, uh, pornea here, fornicators. Yes. It's translated fornicators. Okay. Uh, I, they should have just left it alone. No, actually, this is the word pornos here. Pornos. Then uh, idolaters, he uh, mentions adultery separate. And then he mentions malakos, or soft, effeminate, a passive homosexual. Okay. And then he mentions uh, here, they translated homosexual which is our Seneca t- uh, Tice or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, there's different ways to pronounce that. But anyway, sure. uh, and, 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 and that is a, a, a combination of words from the Septuagint that dealt with man, codus, and, and, and the, he, most people think he coined it. I yeah. Leviticus 18. But, but what I'm saying is, notice to the Gentiles, he did break it down. He did. And, 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 and then the, he mentions thieves and covetous. And here's yeah. the key point here. After drunkenness, revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. He said, such were, notice the past tense there, such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So he's looking at them. And he so he called people who were homosexual, those who were fornicators, those who were thieves, those who were covetous, yes. whatever. And what did he do? He called them to repentance, turn to God, turn to God, and do works befitting. Well, and many did. Many did turn around, yes, and they then did. they they, tr- they changed their life. They repented, and they got out of that stuff. Now it's amazing how you talk about how the breakdown, the effeminate, and all that type of thing, because even the Bible clearly puts its finger on the actual relationship of a homosexual couple. Yes, it does. And, and like I said, the word malakos, or uh, you know, when you you're looking at that, that's that's the the if it, if we're talking about two men, it's the man who acts like a woman. Yes, that's why sometimes they'll translate it feminine. I don't think it's a good translation. Mm. Uh, it's it, it because it's it's somebody, it's a passive mm-hmm. person in a homosexual relation, and then the other one is the dominant the dominant the, or the, the one other. who acts like a man yeah it's like a man and, yeah, and then man. it would be switched back if we're talking about women we think women, of butch women butch women and i don't say that with any animosity no but but just what we would call a butch woman what what is that that's a woman that dresses and acts like a man yeah and then versus the, the other, other one that's the one, female that, that acts female, like the female and you wouldn't even know and you know you see the thing is though is that even even in their demonic <laughs> in their 
influence or with this homosexuality, the evilness and all that, even within their, the, the boundaries there, you see one has to be a man, one has to be a woman. They still can't get away from what God originally said, that they shall be a man and a woman. They're just trying to substitute it within the within the demonic well, that's, evilness that's or whatever why, you want to call that's it. That's why the uh, subject of homosexuality in Leviticus 18 was called toiba. Yes, an it's, abomination. It's an abomination or perversion. It's mm-hmm. it's a any a toiba is anything that we do in behavior that's outside of God's creative order. Okay. And God created man, male and female. Yes. And so when anybody goes into homosexuality, they go outside the creative order, and that is toiva. It's just like in uh, Deuteronomy 18 about the occult, and anyone that goes out of the creative order on how we contact God or receive things from the Lord, and they go off into witchcraft or divination or anything like that, that's outside the creative order. That's why it's called toiva. Toiva, an abomination. Um, okay, so let's go. To, we talked about a little bit about adultery, fornication. Let's kind of, uh, and, and this is, this is we, we talked about leadership. That's one thing. But, but as, a, as an individual Christian, if I'm sitting underneath this, this type of teaching, I need to get out of there and go find somebody that's going to preach the word of God to me. Now, but okay, in in the essence of fornication, and this is talking about individual responsibility, Pastor. I don't care if I'm under a, a false teacher or whatever. When I stand before God, I can't point the finger at the false preacher. No, no, you can't, and uh, and because no one is without excuse. And, and here's a good example of this. You know, we think of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. God destroyed with fire and brimstone two cities actually some other ones around there. And what was that over the sin of homosexuality? Yes. And uh, and he destroyed those cities. What I find interesting about it is that he used that as an example in Calpurnia when he said that it would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for you in judgment. And why was that? Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have a prophet sent to them. No, they didn't. Sodom and Gomorrah did not have the gospel preached to them. Sodom and Gomorrah did not have Jesus die for them. No. But yet God judged them yes. done the same. What is he going to do with us? Yes. And, and yeah, we, we were talking about this. The and the, the thing here is Well, bring up that one thing, Steve. Yeah. Uh, well let's let's preface this before you do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And this and I and I realize that people may brus, bristle at this. The United States is a pagan nation. It is not a Christian nation. No, it's not. And if you don't believe that, then you're blind. And look at our school system, look at our politics, look at our our society, the morality. This is a pagan nation. Now, thinking about it, give us, give, if you will, give everybody the example that you gave me. I never thought about that before, and I thought it was interesting. Out of the Leviticus, remember we're talking okay, about Okay, yeah, I'm, in, I'm in Leviticus right here. Verse 24 says this. This is, and after we go through all of these different sexual sins and the abomination and all this, he talks about this. He says, do not defile yourselves with any of these things. For by all these things, or all these, the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you. For the land is defiled, therefore I will visit the punishment of, of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out the inhabitants, its inhabitants. Now, Basically, what we're talking about here in Deuteronomy is that God explained to Israel all of the nations around you, all these things, the toiva, the, uh, the, uh, the having sex with animals, the having uh, homosexual, the adultery, the, the fornication, the perversion, the, um, uh, uh, the pedophilia, all of these type of things. And then also the having Moloch. your uh, kids passing through the fire to Moloch. Yes, the Moloch. The Moloch situation there. These are all these nations around you are doing these things. And that was the reason, he said, when I am sending Israel into these lands, he says, I want you to destroy them. Burn them to the ground from, I mean, down to the plants. I want you to kill everything there and not leave anything out. And you say, well, God, man, he's so mean and all this type of thing. God wanted to do away with that sin. Yes. 
Now, when we look at it in that manner, we take a look at the United States of America today. As it is today. As it is today. And we see the, the pedophilia going on. We see the homosexuality. We see the adultery, the fornication, the swingers. We see the, uh, the pornography that's riveting the internet. We see the abortion that is happening as in the passing to, uh, through the fire to Molech and, and, and the perversion. And we ask ourselves, if the United, and this is the question I asked, if the United States was one of those neighboring countries, as it is today, in Canaan, in Canaan, would God have instructed Israel to utterly destroy it and burn it to the ground? That is a powerful question. And what my answer, as we are today, yes. Yes. Because that's what he did to them. All the neighboring countries, it was don't make covenants with them. No. Nope. Somebody said, well, I'm sure there were some pretty good, nice people in there. That was never the issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, and so when you, and when you think about what Jesus said in Calpurnia, well, it'll be more tolerable for, for, for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for you in judgment. Why was he saying that? Because they were sinning against a light that Sodom and Gomorrah never had. Yes. They never had it. They never had the light. They think never of, had the gospel. Think, think they never about, had any of this stuff we these had. people that he was saying, you know, yeah. kill them, drive them out, do all these things. They never had the gospel preached to them. No. I mean, Jesus didn't die for them. Mm-mm. There's no prophet sent to them. No. And yet that was God's command. Why? Because they were doing things that he said was an abomination. It was an abomination. A toy to ball. Yeah. And he dealt with it severely. And, uh, and, and and so you if you put us in our condition right now, yes, and you put us as one of those neighboring nations that were there, yes, the same could have been said about us. The land is going to spew us out yep. because of all these abominations. Yep. And uh, you drive these people out. You get rid of them. And and by the way, the 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 the, the admonition to them or the commandment to them is the land will spew you out if you do the same thing. Yes. And well, and it says for whoever here, I'm sorry, for whoever commits any of these abominations, he was speaking to Israel. He yeah, wasn't speaking point, to the outside nation. At this point, he's speaking to Israel. He says, for whoever commits any of these abominations, the person who commit them, persons, plural, who commit them, shall be cut off from among their people. Why do you think in Corinthians he says, you need to kick him out? Uh, what, what did he say? What was the, 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 the terminology that he used in Corinthians about that guy who was in sin? Oh, it, 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 put out. Put out from among your midst. The, the wicked man. Yeah, the wicked man. Now, now think about it. I've had people ask me these questions. And, and maybe this is a good way to answer this question. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've had people come to me as a pastor. Well, well, I've got relatives that, you know, I've got, you know. And by the way, I have a step-granddaughter that's going to marry a woman. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and so the question is, what is our, um, what is our um, response to this? Okay. And, uh, you know, especially if we call people to repentance and they don't repent. Yeah. Okay. And, and notice he says right there, whoever does any of these abominations, once again, homosexuality, pedophilia, uh, incest, uh, you know, uh, bestiality, you know, anyone who does these abominations, those persons who, who do shall be cut off from among their people. Cut off from <coughs> among their people. That, that's pretty clear. That's pretty clear. I mean, right I mean you know, I mean, yeah. I, and I've asked, you know, because I've had people ask me, I've had relatives ask me these questions, but what do I do? And it's a nephew, a niece, it's a grandchild, it's a, even a child. And I've asked the questions, well, you know, I mean, thinking about how God dealt with this, um, wh- what if they were a pedophile? Yeah. Would, would you be struggling with this? Why are we struggling with this issue on homosexuality? Why is there such a pull? I mean, we didn't have this pull 20 years ago, no. 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Nobody even had to wrestle with these things. I'll tell you why. We have been desensitized yes. through television and through 
commercials and through advertisements and through and politics we, in politics yeah. that somehow or another this is normal behavior yeah this is not normal behavior no any more than pedophilia is mm -mm. any more than incest is or having sex with animals i mean what if we had a relative that was having sex with their german shepherd and they were they were open about it and they you know and they bragged about it and they, would you sit down and have a meal with them would you go over their house? Yeah. Would you celebrate the fact? Or would you call them to repentance? Yeah. And if they didn't repent, what would you do? You would not associate with them. Now, Pastor, I'm going to say, what we're talking about here, we, we're right down, getting right to the nitty and gritty of this whole situation. There will be people out there accusing us, saying, you hate no, we don't hate anybody. Because here's the point. Many of these Christian people that we're talking about, they don't call people to repentance. No, they don't. They don't want to because they don't want to. They're afraid they're going to hurt their feelings. They're not afraid they're going to hurt their feelings. They're afraid that they're going to lose a relationship. Because yeah. that relationship to them is more important than their relationship with Jesus. Well, and when you're talking about leaders not preaching that, if they start preaching against homosexuality or they start preaching against these other things and the sexual sin that we're talking about, the people may leave. And what happens when they leave? They take their money with them. Yes. And, and once again, when we talk about the mega churches and the primary messages being prosperity, personal fulfillment, mm -hmm. and success. And somebody says, what's wrong with prosperity? There's nothing wrong with prosperity. No depending on how you want to apply that. Sure. Is there anything wrong with personal fulfillment? Well, it depends on the vein of what you're talking about. Yeah. If it's me, myself, and I, yeah, it's sinful. It's pride. It needs to be repented of. Yeah. Uh, success, fruitful, successful, doing what God wants and be, seeing it being effective. If mm -hmm. that's how you're presenting it, I ain't got a problem with it. Yeah. But if there is no call to repentance, no teaching, on some of the issues that we're talking about. And, mm -hmm. and by the way, I'm not tooting my horn, but we're not guilty of this. No. And uh, and because we've been doing this for decade after decade after decade, almost 40. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and you know, I can I can still remember going through the Levitical passages, breaking all, on a Sunday morning, breaking down all the different types of sexual sin. And I had some younger people in their 20s, and they're looking, man, I never knew that was there. And they were like hungry to hear it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. And it just enlightened them. And I'm thinking, how can you not know this? Because I was thinking about that young man. You've been raised in church all your life. How could you not know this? Yes, yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, so we, we need to define things as wrong. And, uh, and, and you know, and that is the, and the Word of God is the, is the dividing line. What Hebrews 4, 12, one of the things that you said, Steve, is mm -hmm. the Word of God is uh, it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Yeah. And that's what God's Word does. When we give God's Word in its context, and, and it doesn't matter what it's about, and we give it, um, it will go to the thoughts of an individual and make it obvious to them. And that's where conviction comes in. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and that's where, you know, people a lot of times will say, man, I didn't realize that's what God said. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to do it His way. That's repentance. Yes, you know, that's I, repentance. I'm, I'm and that's do it His way. Now, well, what I wanted, I want to, I'm looking at the time here. Anyway, the, the, uh, what I want to get to here is this. You're talking about the thoughts and intents of the heart. We have a lot of people that are, who have been discipled over the last generation and a half or what have you, that think it's okay to, to conduct themselves in certain matters. Well, first of all, this whole homosexual thing is that we have churches trying to affirm this and all that. That's majorly messed up and, and, and messed up. But when you're talking about, like, fornication, you got young people out there that don't know or, or don't know or either, uh, here, bottom line, you have, like I said, we, when we look at the foundation thing, you, they're either in one or two states. First of all, they know and they don't care and they're just going to do it anyway. Or you got the second one that they really were not discipleshipped properly, and they're not being taught by these uh, these preachers that are embarrassed. They don't want to say anything about it, or they're worried that they're going to run out and take their money with them. And uh, yeah, I'm being blunt, but at, at the same time, you you see these individuals, you see these kids. They don't know, they don't understand. So 
the question is here is that who what we look at responsibility of what where did this come from where did these people get in this state well number one we talked about the preachers we talked about the leadership within the church secondly you have parents as well that are raising these children and they're not bringing out the gospel they're christian they got a christian family they sound christian family, but they're never bringing this thing up now if i am a christian young man and um my my dad is or my youth pastor or what have you comes up and tells me you know son what you need to do is you need to carry a condom in in, in your pocket because in, just in case you get yourself into that situation now first of all we talked about the intent we talked about aren't you setting that kid up to sin i think you are i mean you know on this issue of the abortion issue, I thought, you know, people were saying, well, you know, a woman's going to lose her right for abortion, which is crazy to begin with. You can still get an abortion. Roe versus Wade being overturned did not prevent that. But the issue there is how do I avoid being in a position where I need an abortion? How do I avoid getting a sexual transmitted disease? And the, and the, and the answer is so simple. Don't have sex with someone that you're not married to and that you don't want to have a baby with. Yes. I mean, that's not hard to understand. But when we have an uncontrolled, unbridled lust. Yes. And, and, and why do we have it? Look at the television shows. Look at the stuff that's out there. Yes. I mean, you know, I remember going to Argentina and being there for a little while in Buenos Aires. And, and I was shocked at the immorality on mm -hmm. billboards and all the stuff that was out there it was unreal. We got even solicited by a prostitute while we were there. I mean, just this open stuff. I mean, I, you know, of course, we told her Jesus loved her yeah. and no thank you. And she got a little upset with us and left. Well, of course. You know, but, but, but you know, I, I just, uh, uh, and I, because I couldn't speak Spanish. Sure, you know, sure. And, uh, and she knew what Jesus meant. Though. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, they know. So, you know, that's one thing demons know about that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I remember seeing all that and thinking at that time, wow. And this was like uh, 2000, year 2000 when yeah. I went. And uh, and so, you know, I, I remember thinking, wow, I just never seen anything like that. You know what? We got all that stuff here now. Yeah, we do. We do. And I, I, I had told you guys the story earlier about 1985. I was in uh, Greece. Uh, we had just come off an archaeological dig, went to Greece. Every corner had little shops, you had pornography that was out there, open for everything. They had little idols with all sorts of, uh, ex uh, you know, expressions and all that type of stuff. And you saw that in every corner. They had, and, and, and you see, that that is what the United States is, is fast becoming. We have all that today. Uh, the, the way that our country is moving, uh, and then we talked about the internet. We talked about pornography on the internet. And this is one thing. We use this term pornos in the Greek. And, and it comes from pornography. That's pornography, folks. And the thing here is, is that you say, why do men get themselves involved, or men or women for that matter, get themselves involved in some of this stuff with this, like you said, unbridled lust? When we have it, out on there and then people tell you how and you know the thing is as i said it used to be the computer and i was telling you the story about many 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 years ago we used to be youth pastors in a certain area about three years later i was at a grocery store and one of the youth that i was in our youth group came up to me and he and he said brother steve can i talk to you for a minute and I said, sure, you know, and so he came back and he told me, he says, Brother Steve, I, I, I'm addicted to pornography on the Internet. This could, this kid could not get away from it. He could not detach himself from the addiction to that pornography. And uh, if we want to go into all the psychological uh, uh, effects of this type of thing, that in a male, that once you see a picture, it's very hard in your head. It's very hard to get that out of your mind anymore. Uh, 
the blood of Jesus can take care of that. But anyway, the thing is, is that if the people get addicted to this stuff and we see this widespread. And even in today's society, we, everybody has one of these phones. Yes. They have a phone and they can go into the corner and, and do whatever they do to get on there and look at that trash and do it. And then, you know, as a Christian, we need to conduct ourselves properly according to the word of God. You, you see all of these Hollywood actresses, and actors for that matter, and they talk about how they've been exposed and they are just so shocked that somebody got a hold of a dirty picture of them when they sat there on their phone taking dirty pictures of themselves and sending them to somebody else. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, does it? And I said, well, 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 how can we avoid? Stop taking the pictures. I guarantee you, you can search high and low, and you will never see a dirty picture of me anywhere on the Internet. <laughs> it, it, it would say, I, I, I would never even think about that type of thing and scare I, people to death. Of course, somebody would be watching this saying, well, yeah, well, you wouldn't want to. <laughs> and you might have a point there, but, but the point, you know, I would always look like this. There, there are no pictures roaming out there no. like that with me. And so I have nothing to fear on that. No, and that's kind of like that other thing, you know. If you don't want to have an unwanted pregnancy, don't have sex with people that you don't want to have babies with that you're married to. Yeah, isn't that really simple? But you know? but but it's beyond reason for people. But as a Christian, as a Christian, first of all, stop doing it. Yeah, don't be saying so. Well, I just sent it to my husband, dude. I mean, how stupid can you be? Well, let let me let me. This this is it's funny, but it's not. I got a text, this is several years back, another church, it wasn't this church, and I got a text from a gentleman, he mistakenly texted me instead of his wife. Oh my goodness. And it was a little, little smutty. I mean, it, okay, yeah, it well. was sexually suggestive, let's just put it this way. I get it, and I'm like, what? And the first thing I think is, I know this gentleman, and I know I'm not the object of his affection. Mm -mm. Something has went wrong. So I sat there, and I, I just didn't do anything. I didn't respond to it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, about 10 minutes later, he texts me back. He said, I am so sorry, Pastor. Oh, man. Can you he imagine? He said, I am so sorry. That was not meant for you. I said, don't worry about it. Your secret is safe with me. That's why I want to remember his name. Yeah. Anyway, he was <laughs> mortified. Now, that was all in kind of fun in a way. But let, let me give people advice. Whatever you don't want someone else to ever read that doesn't love you, don't send it to your wife. Don't send it to your husband. No. Don't do that kind of stuff. You know, don't leave a paper trail where somebody can bring back an accusation against you. Yeah. If you're angry, if you're upset, if, you know, and just to put it blunt, if you want to as a man to have relations with your wife, don't put it in an email. Don't put it in a text message. Don't do that. That stuff comes back to haunt you. And it never it, goes away. It never does. It does not go away on the internet. That's just a piece of wisdom. But let, let, let's go back to here. First of all, man and wife, good. Do not uh, extramarital within the marriage, even whether you're agreeing to it or not agreeing to it, uh, is wrong. Sinful. It's sinful. It's sin. Fornication, that means having sex when you are not married, sinful. is sinful. There's no, there's no exclusion or, you know, some kind of exception clause. There's, no, there's no exception clause yeah. here. God, God doesn't deal in the grays that well, we always want to try to attribute to him. The only thing that God advocates, that's why marriage is held in such high esteem. The only thing that he uh, sanctions and blesses is a man, not some woman who thinks she's a man, a man married to a woman, a biological woman, anything outside of that, sex with animals, sex with children, whatever, adultery, fornication, whatever yeah. kind of, all of that sinful. It's all sinful. So you stay away from that. Stay away from it. And another thing is, as I'm going to say this, is that, and I know we're rolling uh, the, the time here, but stay off the pornography. 
Yes. You know, and I'm over here, and Pastor, we had talked about this some time ago, and I'm not sure if we're getting the, the, uh, the percentages right, but uh, we had, you had read somewhere, or we had talked about how that almost, they had, they, the uh, uh, ministerial organization had to send out an email to its pastors. Yes. To say that if you are having trouble with pornography, Yes. That you need to come in for counsel or and, whatever, and way, or reach out or what have you. Organization that 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 we are a part of. Yes. And uh, and you know, and I understand why it was sent out, but what bothered me because I got it do. Yeah. And and by the way, I don't have a problem with pornography. Anyway, can go dig all into my computer. There's nothing there. So uh, I don't have a history search or anything like no. that. You don't have to worry about that. Nothing on the motherboard. All right. So my my point is, and by the way, I keep this thing password protected because. You don't want anybody else yeah. messing with it, and that's uh, smart. I used to not do that, and anyway. Yeah, you need. But to but, but but you know, but but my my point here is, is that um, what was my point? Uh, what was I talking about? I was it, talking, uh, well, we're talking about that that the uh, that oh, the message went on the pornography. Uh, the pornography, the, yeah. You know, and and the re it is destructive. Yes. And uh, and the only way to to protect yourself from it, if you cannot exercise self control through the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. then you need to get rid of any device That's that lure accesses you. the Internet. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because Jesus said, if your right eye offends you, pluck, pluck it, it out. out. If your right hand offends you, cut, cut it, it off. off. He was speaking in... <laughs> He wasn't speaking literally about poking your eye out or cutting no, your hand no, off. No, 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 no. He was using that as an analogy of saying deal aggressively with anything that causes you to sin. Mm-hmm. And I've known people, I have known numerous people who have sat there and cannot engage on the internet because they have such a temptation yeah. to look at that and and, the, and to recognize that. And I'm not saying a person has to stay in a perpetual, I can never be on the internet, yeah. but you probably need uh, some accountability. You need to be able to go to a pastor. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to deal with some things. Yes. Uh, so and, and they, they, a lot of people don't realize that that pornography is a gateway into, into uh, oh, it, a lot of these leads, other things. It leads to further sin. Yeah, look at this hundred, I better uh, say it. But yeah, the, this I mean, is, look at this. This is the end of the Bible. Yeah, and this is Revelation twenty-two, and um, and here he says, "Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter by the gates into that city." Outside are the dogs, and the sorcerers, and the immoral persons, and the murderers, and the idolaters. And everyone who loves and practices lying. Th- those are some of the parting words. And there's a few other yeah. here, right here. But what I'm saying, out of some of the last words that were spoken in the Bible, notice what God says about immorality. Yeah. Now, he, he t- spoke about some other things. Yes. Make no mistake, if you are going outside the marriage bond, and having sex with other women, or if you're a woman having sex with other men other than your husband. Yes. You will answer to God for that. And I call you to repentance mm-hmm. so that you don't have to. And if you are a young person and you are having sex with other people that you're not married to, it doesn't matter whether you're going to marry them or not, I call you to repentance. You're in sin. That's right. And if you die in that condition, you're not going to heaven. No. And so let's make it abundantly clear, God does not put up with this. There's no exceptions for anyone, not for me, not for you, Steve, not for anyone. Mm -mm. And so if if we're doing these things, stop it. Stop it. Ask God's forgiveness. Give some counseling. Go Go to a church where you can talk to the pastor and they can help you. You know, and the nice thing about it, when we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about that Jesus shed his blood. Yes on the cross of Calvary to handle and to deal with that sin. And that if you repent, well, gee, uh, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, he was talking to the Christian. Yes, he was talking to the Christians. Now, Christians, if you're out there doing this kind of stuff, you need to repent. Like Pastor was saying, ask God's forgiveness. He said, well, you guys are getting down. Well, yeah, 
the, it's not us getting down. It's the Bible, <laughs> yeah. and it's God. You have to deal with him above uh, Pastor Paul and Steve here. You have to deal with God. And the thing here is, is that you he's provided a way yes, he for you to say, I'm sorry, I for, uh, forgive me, Lord God, cleanse me of this sin, and go forward repenting and do it no more. And if you need help, I mean, reach out to your pastor, trusting that you have one that's actually preaching the word of God. And if you don't find somebody that is, that's going to take your spiritual, uh, uh, your spiritual uh, uh, condition seriously. And if necessary, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with us offering this. If you're somewhere listening to this and you really don't go to, you don't go to church anywhere or maybe you go to a church where you are beginning to see that this is a problem and you can't find anything else, hey, contact us through our ministry. Sure. We'll 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 reach out to you. I don't know what we could do a lot if you're a long ways from you, but we're willing to talk to you. Absolutely. We're willing to pray for you. We're willing to give you good counsel and give you the word of God. Continue to listen to these podcasts mm-hmm. and I believe it'll help you. Yes. Yes, and uh, like I said, we're bringing the Word of God, and that is our purpose here is to, what does God say? What does He think? And, um, you know, this is not our opinions. No. No, this is what the Word of God says. And so, uh, and like Pastor said, you know, when, when we, we circulate these uh, these videos and all over Facebook and stuff, and, that, uh, and uh, there's actually a place where you can click on it and send us a message, or if you need to, resp- uh, to reach out, uh, make sure you like the Foundation's podcast page so that you can interact with us. Send us a, an IM or send us a, a reach out, and we'd be glad to talk to you, help you, whatever uh, what, whatever you need there. Now, um, okay, well, good. And I see it's time we're going to be winding this thing up. But I, I think we dealt, we went into this deep. And um, uh, in summary, uh, well, like we said, just uh, repent, uh, repent of God if you're involved in any of that kind of stuff and, um, and go on with your life. But um, uh, again, uh, we thank you for tuning in. We're, we're going to uh, probably another week or so, we'll be back with another podcast. Hopefully we'll just keep, nobody's going to get COVID anymore. And uh, amen. we'll amen with that and we'll make a, a, a anyway, but uh, we'll uh, continue on. And uh, you don't want to miss August 5th. We have a, uh, a young lady that has she actually had uh, w- uh, was raped, actually, uh, and we were talking about abortion. She was she was the product of a date rape, and she decided she was not going to uh, dishonor God. And she was going to keep that baby and have that baby. That baby is now a grown man, and God bless. She's going to give her testimony. You don't want to miss that. We're going to be doing a live podcast on August 5th. Uh, we'll be coming, of course, probably in another week and a day or so to, to you with another podcast as well. But God bless you all, and uh, keep tuning in, and uh, God bless you. You all have a wonderful week.